0: Jeremiah 32, we'll read verses 26 and 27 to begin with. Rather simple thought tonight. You might even say it's a bookend to one that we had uh, our consideration on Friday, well, Friday the 13th, two weeks ago tonight. Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 26 and 27 say this Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we praise you tonight, Lord, first and foremost, simply because we know the answer to this question that you pose to this brother, Father. Nothing is too hard for you. Thank you, Lord, that we can be sure of this. But, Father, in those times when our reflex is to question this or to hesitate, have the things that, Lord, seem difficult to us, help us to remember Father, thank you for reminding us, but help us to remember in those times, even on our own accord, Father, that nothing is too difficult for you, and to take that truth and find peace in it. Bless us as we consider this simple thought tonight, simple but eternal and powerful this thought is. We praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I have had a, had a thought to say, well, read verse 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No. Let's take our prayer requests tonight you know, and go straight to that. And uh, you know, I, yeah, some people might have celebrated that, I suppose. But we'll we'll spend a little bit more time on on the thought this evening. We understand, saints. Uh, I trust that you understand. You're here. Well, most everyone that's here tonight has an understanding of the Lord to some measure, and it doesn't take a great deal of understanding who He is, if you have any measure of faith at all, and recognizing that this is rhetorical on the part of the Lord, and that the answer is simply no. We understand this. And yet, when he says this here in verse 27, this rhetorical question to remind the prophet and those ones that he was given to minister to, Is there anything too hard for me? It was for them to stop and consider, even the prophet here, to stop and consider that answer. To answer for themselves and be reminded that the answer is indeed no. Now, I said that we know this. Jeremiah knew this because if you look over there at the column just prior to this in verse 17, doesn't he say as much Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. I know this. I understand this. I get this. I've been taught this. I've believed this. There is nothing too hard for you. I see the evidence. There's nothing too difficult for you, Jeremiah says. And yet, just shortly thereafter, the Lord is asking him to remind him again, to make him consider this, and not just... You know, as I say often, not just allow it to be lip service, but to make it be something that we have established as a part of our own fabric, as a part of who we are. Not just by habit or not just by, again, simply just saying something because it's what we know to be so. Our faith should never be like this. It should never be, I know this to be so. It should always be, I know this to be so. And so the Lord reminds us to know this to be so from time to time. And again... Two weeks ago, I brought a lesson that was, was, well, the underlying theme was to have faith to endure. But, you know, we do expect great things to happen sometimes, but there are often times when the Lord says, I'm not going to do an extraordinary looking work right now. I'm not going to do something spectacular right now. There might not be a great healing right now. I might let nature's course, take nature's course and work in it in a different way, perhaps. But oftentimes, we need to be reminded just the opposite. Man, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And, and we can't say this is beyond him or even have some semblance of that thought by, by finding ourselves in despair and finding ourselves in discouragement and finding ourselves in disbelief, whether we realize that's it or not, by saying, well, this can't be helped. There's nothing to be done. We know this to be so. We need to know this to be so, right? Uh, the problem being, oftentimes, is that we live... Well, we live with a daily present reality of the issues that mankind has and the issues that I have. I mean, I had a conversation with Nick uh, not too long ago. We were standing over here, and, and I don't even remember what the context of the conversation was. But at one point, I was making the point... He was agreeing with me that, you know, we all have our own respective, we live in a self-centered world, you know. You can call someone self-centered and it's a derogatory thing and say that person is self-centered because they lean into that. We're all self-centered. We wake up and the first don't, I don't see my face because I'm looking out. I'm at the center of my world. I was making that point to Nick. I'm like, Nick, my world is centered around me. Your world is centered around you. Unfortunately, Sarah walked by just at that time. I said, Sarah's world is centered around her. And she looks over and was like, what? (laughs) She didn't know what we were talking about. And I meant it completely, completely innocuously. Everyone's world is centered around themselves. So if you look at yourself in this self-centered place, who we are at our center, and and, you look at yourself sincerely, as I encourage us to do, oftentimes, as the word encourages us to do always, well, you're aware of your issues when you wake up, you're fully aware of your issues. When you look at the news and when you consider the things that we consider oftentimes in our time together and what you consider on your own, you see the issues that are out there. It's front and center. So you're very well aware of the issues that mankind has, both you and humanity. Conflicts and difficulties and unrest and and just failures that we have and Yeah, so it's easy to sit and looking at that context day in and day out, honestly and sincerely looking at, man, uh, tiresome garbage is always a part of our lives. And so we can look at that as being the ongoing, moment by moment, facts of life, that is how it is, and well, there's nothing that we can do about it, except, except, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing too extraordinary, if you want to know what the word means. Nothing too marvelous, nothing too wondrous. Nothing too extravagant or or outside of his capability. Uh, We're not alone in being surprised by those kind of extravagant things and those kind of capabilities that the Lord has. It doesn't take long to look, find evidence in Scripture, and I'll give you just two examples. They were married, Abraham and Sarah. Both of them were given the promise that they should expect a child when they were in their 90s, 99, or 90 and 100. I believe uh, Abraham was 100 when when Isaac was born. I believe that Sarah was 90, if memory serves. Either way, they were way past capability, right? Way past capability. When they heard it, they both responded the same. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. It says in Genesis 17:17. 17, 17. And and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old, 100 years old? My grammar is poor tonight. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Sarah said the same thing in verse 12 of the next chapter. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. She recognized it. It's just a reflexive kind of thing sometimes because we understand so well versed are we in our natural well, the natural tendency of things, even the natural capability of these natural bodies. We can't help it. They reflexively laughed. When I was a little jerk 13-year-old, I remember sitting next to James Barkley. We hung out back in the day. We had a little brother named Scott. And it was my every effort when I would sit with James or James and Scott would sit with me. And I would look at Scott, a little, much younger Scott. And, man, I made it my every effort to make him giggle like a little, like a little girl in, in service. And I was good at it. And I mean, he did giggle, and he got in trouble all the time. he couldn't help it, perhaps you've been tickled during service. I have man when i was when I was younger and something would make me laugh, man you could you would want to not laugh at something, but the reflex was there, right Something just struck you as just funny. Uh, this struck them as funny, ninety and a hundred years old having having a child it's important to recognize that there's not necessarily a fault in understanding how the natural course of things works. God didn't punish Abraham and Sarah. Didn't drop a hammer on them for laughing. He just said, why? Why are you laughing? In verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Again, not, perhaps not incredulously or insultingly or anything like that, but just simply matter of fact, why is she laughing? Uh, why did Sarah laugh saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And there's our million dollar question here. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Doesn't she understand this? Yes, she understood it. But the reflex, given the context of her self centered nature established day in, day out, moment by moment, exposure to life and, and the way of natural things, prompted that reflex to be <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that would be quite extraordinary. Well, nothing is too extraordinary for the Lord, we understand. At the appointed time, I will return to you, he went on to tell Abraham, according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And so it was so. Isaac was born. It was extraordinary. But it wasn't too extraordinary for the Almighty God. Uh, we sing a song. And play one. It's on my playlist and on my phone. I listen to it quite often. It says, "It may be too good to be understood, but it's not too good to be true." And that—that's the fact of the matter. Is we can't understand how powerful and how good the Lord is. We can't understand some of the things that He does. That does go beyond the ordinary and and extends into the extraordinary. Doesn't mean it's not too good to be true. Because it's the Almighty God behind it, not man. When man presents you something, this is too good to be true. It probably is. But when God says, I'm going to do this, it may be too good to be understood, but it's not too good to be true because nothing is too hard, nothing is too wondrous, nothing too marvelous, nothing too extraordinary for the Almighty God. Nothing is too hard for Him. Abraham understood that. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested... Later on, years later as a matter of fact, once Isaac was born, he offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, "In Isaac your seed shall be called. And here's the result of his faith, the evidence that he did believe that nothing was too difficult, nothing was too hard, nothing was too extraordinary for the Almighty God. He simply concluded that God was able to raise him up. When he said, I want you to sacrifice your son to me, he said, "Okay." concluding, understanding, coming to the, well, coming to the logical, reasonable, evidence based conclusion that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. He based it on his own experience and whatever other experiences he knew of in that day. Based it upon those things that the Lord had expressed to him, shown to him, and concreted to him. And just so, just so, Jeremiah based his own understanding on that. We, When he said, there's nothing too hard for you, he based that on his own understanding. He based it on his own experience. Based it on Abraham's experience. Based it on Isaac's experiences. Based it on Israel's experiences, if you look back in Jeremiah 32. He says so. He looked at them and he said, Look what you've done for this people. I believe that you did that for them. They've borne testimony through these generations. I have that established. I have my own experience. He had the Word of God written to that point, to some measure. He had that for evidence. And so he believed. He just simply needed to be reminded, as we oftentimes do ourselves. Is there anything too hard for me? Saints, we understand and we know We know that there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. We know that he's the almighty God. We know that he's a perfect God. We know that he's not a natural creature, that he should rely on natural processes and things. Oftentimes he allows those things to go forward as they would naturally speaking. He doesn't rely on those things. He's not a temporal being who has to stay within the confines of eternity even. He has a broad mind, a capable mind. He's all powerful, almighty, all loving, all knowing. All of those things that make him completely extraordinary in and of himself. So don't limit him. When you have your struggles, when you have your issues, no matter what your experience is day to day, if the Lord hasn't said, I'm not doing this, you can trust him that if he chooses to, he can. He can deliver. He can strengthen. He can enable. He can change your mind in something. He can change your heart in things. He can do a lot of things that we might limit him in, even if subconsciously. Don't, child of God, nothing is too difficult, too extraordinary, too marvelous. Nothing is too hard for the almighty God. Trust him to do that work in your favor. And that's all that I have for you this evening.